Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. In today's episode, we hear from Jill Roberts, Clinical Director of One Rehab Support Services. One Rehab offers in-person and virtual rehab support for adults and pediatric clients who have complex physical, cognitive, or psychological impairments. A company founded by occupational therapists, they understand how to provide excellent rehabilitation support worker services that meet the needs of the clients and the treatment team. Reach out to them to learn more at onerehab.ca. In today's episode, we hear from Jill Roberts, Clinical Director of One Rehab Support Services. One Rehab offers in-person and virtual rehab support for adults and pediatric clients who have complex physical, cognitive, or psychological impairments. A company founded by occupational therapists, they understand how to provide excellent rehabilitation support worker services that meet the needs of the clients and the treatment team. Reach out to them to learn more at onerehab.ca. Welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's episode is going to be covering the topic of accessible care, finding reliable treatment options for really complex cases related to occupational health and physical health. We're going to be covering innovation. We're going to be covering making that shift from clinician to, to manager and what that's like and everything in between. So you're going to really want to listen up to this episode. I have a real specialist joining us in this space. I have the clinic director for One Rehab, Jillian Roberts, with us today. She comes to this work well-informed as a clinician, really specializing in working with very complex files where we're looking at you know an array of symptoms that, that sometimes are quite hard to treat. So she brings to this work a very, very robust toolkit to help to not only assess, but then apply the appropriate treatments for people, helping them to get back to a higher quality of life. So you're going to want to listen up to her today. She is a certified occupational health and occupational therapy specialist, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about her vision for this work, why this work is so important and why and how One Rehab is really helping so many people to help more patients. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So for our listeners here, these are people who definitely are interested in the health space. They're interested in this topic of, you know, meaningful activity and and occupation. Why don't you help people to understand kind of what led you down this path of getting into occupational therapy and occupational health? One of the most important things that I love about occupational therapy is the fact that it's holistic. So it's looking at the physical, it's looking at the cognitive piece and the emotional piece, not that we're individually treating the physical piece. For example, that would be a physiotherapist, the emotional piece, you know, there that's handled by social workers and psychologists, but from returning from, from the perspective of returning to a meaningful occupation, You have to look at the big picture. So the client as an individual, what their hopes and dreams are. And then you look at some of the barriers to returning to occupation, which are going to be under the physical heading, 
cognitive and emotional. And you have to sort of put that entire piece together so that you're going to see success. The more complex the injury, the more complex the interplay between those factors. And if you're looking at the big picture, then you're going to see increased gains over time. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And so when you think about that, you know, oftentimes in physical rehab, we're kind of used to this, right? Like in physical rehab, how many physiotherapy clinics are within like a 10 kilometer radius, right? right? So we're used to this whole process of assess, treat, measure. When we think about occupational health, help us to better understand what that looks like. Because, you know, as an example, you know, when we go into the physiotherapist and let's say we've got an issue with our right knee and it, and it seems to be related to the ACL and that's standing in the way of me being able to, you know, be successful at my job with FedEx. So it's quite clear, you know, I've got this issue, I've got these measurements, then we load in the plan and it's very kind of functional. Step by step. Yeah, step by step, right? So let's think about you, because I think you've got a lot to say here and I think our audience is going to love it. We we're chatting before, so please share your vision a little bit on this because I think it's such a wonderful opportunity that not many people realize is actually out there. So I'll start with a definition of occupation even, which is any important or meaningful activity that you need to do at any point during the day. And if you're looking at occupational therapy in general, like I said, we look at the physical, the cognitive, the emotional piece, and there's just a focus on function. So what do you need to do? And what's what's important to you? Because that's at the center of occupational therapy is very much like client-centered, client-focused care. So what's important to the person? I always think of a story that I heard one time, a young man was recuperating. He was still in hospital and his occupational therapist had said, had helped him do some sort of like a push-up. He was physically able to do it, but it was so meaningful to him. And he said, he said it was using some type of equipment, but he said that it just changed his whole vision because number one, he was heard. It was important to him. And then it sort of, you know, expanded into your traditional therapy, whereas you need to do your self-care tasks, you need to do your organizational tasks. But just because that one piece was so important to him and the team figured out how to help him do that one task, then it just expanded into your traditional rehab. So OT, again, just very client-focused we look at the big picture, it's holistic, which is again, one of my favorite things about it. And then we break it down and we're sort of looking at what are the barriers to you getting back to what you need to do. And I know that can sound a little bit complicated because it's, it's high level. And then when you're looking at a specific client, you have to drill down into exactly what's important to them and what you're going to target with them. And it can be like, ultra individualized. Love it. That's so well said. So for people listening there, I think sometimes one of the kind of resistance points for many people out there who don't understand the power of occupational therapy and interdisciplinary holistic rehab is that when somebody is rehabilitating from a physical injury, we understand quite well that the function can improve through targeted therapy, right? You know, we see these people and an example we see all the time, it's in professional sports, these people have an injury and, and they have maybe have a surgery and then they're back to function remarkably. It's amazing. So when we think about that metaphor and we bring that into, you know, holistic occupational health, what you're saying is the same is true there. 
right? It's the same thing. It, it can still, one can still improve their cognitive functions that relate to their overall health. Oh, absolutely. And I think occupational therapists are so used to the concept that cognitive rehab is ingrained in functional activity that sometimes I lose sight of being explicit and in explaining to other people, like, of course, we're doing cognitive rehab within the context of your everyday life. So it's almost like it's hidden or embedded in the things that we're doing. Now, sometimes it's very explicit practice, which is important. The cognitive remediation practice where you're skill building at a very specific skill level. And then it's the whole spectrum of cognitive rehab within, like I said, your, your everyday life, your routines, your habits, your, what do you need to do? And how are we going to help you break that down and complete the task? And there's inherent cognitive rehab happening all the time. So cool. I mean, the the real hope there is that a lot of people kind of once they're post-acute following something like an injury, a workplace injury, maybe a stroke, something like that. In many cases, something that we're combating in this work is the standard of care in many cases. It's kind of like, okay, watch and wait and expect a little bit less. But what you're saying is that in many cases, we can functionally improve that using, you know, goal attainment theory, these sorts of uh, ideas help us to engage in a meaningful goal that will enable us to up our our capacities following that injury. Absolutely. And I'm thinking to provide some context and give an example of a client. So if you have, you know, a mom of two and with a brain injury, Mm -hmm. and so say there was a, a significant brain injury, there's going to be impacts in all areas of their life. So obviously self care and from an occupational therapy standpoint, we do self-care, productivity, and leisure, self-care, self-explanatory productivity. It's not just work. It is anything that you, it could be chores. It could be returning to school, anything that's productive in your life. It could be volunteering. It could be non-paid work. And then of course the leisure part, which is self-explanatory as well. But if we were looking at the the example of a mom of two, there's so many things that could be happening that you do have to go in and prioritize, right? And then you would start with the self-care task because that's the foundation of what they need to do. So some of the issues could be difficulties with routine because you're looking at memory issues, attention. So then you want to go in and provide some structure, specific structure to the person. Like, do they need cueing? Do they need visual schedules? And then you're looking at explicit practice and the time management might be a problem. So you could be looking at timers to get them used to completing a task within a certain time and not sort of getting lost. Mm -hmm. Again, looking at that big picture, then the cognitive rehab piece comes into play when you're completing some of the self-care practice and what strategies you're using. And then the cognitive rehab comes into play if they had to go out into the community and return to grocery shopping, for example, there's, it's such a complex task and all of the steps, like the preparation, actually doing the task, you know, making a list, thinking about what you have in the home and what you actually need to accomplish. There's all of the elements of cognitive rehab that are embedded within that task. So for our listeners out there today, then would you mind sharing kind of what your main message is in the world of brain health? So I would say that two important concepts that I think about would be the importance of real world practice 
And then the second one would be establishing or reestablishing your daily routines and healthy habits. So if we're looking at the importance of real world practice, which the research evidence would call like contextual practice, which is skill building in the real world. So you're actually practicing the activity that you want to get back to in your in the environment in which it normally takes place. So if we're looking at grocery shopping, for example, which can be challenging for some people, it's a highly complex task. We want to break the activity down into manageable steps, use a variety of strategies, and then to complete the task. So you're looking at, but you want to actually be doing the task in the real world. So going out and one rehab is a therapy support services company. So our therapy assistants, they're working with clients in at home in the community. So they're actually completing the tasks in context. So, and, and the second part of that is the actual level of practice that it does require to either build a new skill, rebuild a previous skill or return to a previous activity. So number one, the importance of real world practice. And then the second one is establishing or reestablishing your routines and habits because routines and habits are just the foundation of everything. So you have to look at sleep, nutrition, stress management, and of course, some sort of enjoyable activity because that really goes out the window often after an accident or an illness or during rehab, you know, you're just focusing on a lot of practice or therapy. And then at the expense of like, what really, what do you find meaningful? What do you find enjoyable? And so in my practice, that's been a huge component of therapy is just making sure that we build these enjoyable tasks into back into the routine. And that's another thing that the support workers can assist with. Like, obviously if there's any barriers to completing a task, then they're there to help assist and and get back to the activity. Another big piece of that too is the concept of like organizational routines. So if we look at what do you need to get done every day, you have to respond to emails and phone calls. And it's just these little organizational pieces. And what does that have to do with rehab? Once that sort of things get disorganized, Like I do find that people can be very overwhelmed and very dysregulated. So it's actually in, in what we found, it's a very important part of rehab, because again, if you have the support worker coming in, establishing structure and routine, then if someone can catch up on their quote unquote to-do list, automatically their level of stress goes down. And I've always found a direct correlation between that piece and then someone's ability to engage in any therapeutic activity, because if you're stressed, whether it be financial or you have a pile of paperwork that you haven't even opened, it's difficult to then transition into, okay, we're here to do cognitive rehab. So it's really merging. Like I said, that real world, what do you have to get done on a day-to-day basis and merging that with rehab? Because the big picture is just so important. I think that's part of what's so interesting and exciting about the one rehab model is you're really taking care of the therapists, right? That are out there doing their best for their clients. And you're really there to extend that olive branch to help them. And I think that's really exciting and very enabling. 
Well, I think the support workers, what they can do also is take all of the recommendations from a team because sometimes you're looking at a lot of different recommendations. So you're looking at physio recommendations, speech, OT, psychology. And then someone's like, I have all of these things that I need to be practicing. Um, And that's where the support services can come in because you're actually, that person can come in. We have a coordinated plan. We know all the recommendations, which can be quite overwhelming for the client. And then when you're doing the functional task, again, I'll link it back to the grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. They are actually implementing all of the recommendations. So from physiotherapy, we could be looking at body mechanics. From occupational therapy, we're looking at the cognitive piece. From psychology, they could they could get into the grocery store and get quite overwhelmed and then start having stress reactions. So we're, you know, is there breathing techniques? What are their coping techniques? So then the support worker can actually implement globally all of these recommendations within the actual functional task. And then you're looking at, again, it goes back to the two concepts of real world practice and number two, reestablishing your habits and routines. Oh, I mean, that is just, just rewind that because this is something that in this particular space, in this particular field, correct me if I'm wrong, you're much more the specialist than me, but oftentimes when we're looking at sort of either a multidisciplinary or an interdisciplinary model, sadly, many times those recommendations of, of therapeutic intervention just aren't done because of the, the, the different disciplines involved in the care. And this is where one rehab comes in and takes care of that. They can deliver on the actions that are, that are uh, desired from the different disciplines. And it goes back to that big picture implementation. And oftentimes I did find as a practicing occupational therapist, I did find that people were quite confused because they would have a list of things they needed to do. And then it's like, well, where do I start in the moment? What am I supposed to be doing right now? And that's where we found that they needed that regular support. And the second part to that from under one rehab is that we actually offer 24 seven. We have a particular program called auto prompts developed by Jennifer Burr Carnegie, who's an occupational therapist. So it's a software program and it's linked to 24-7 live support. So again, going back to the two concepts of real world practice and habits and routines, it's difficult for a therapy team to be in your home at 7 a.m., helping you through your morning routine or in reestablishing your evening routine where we want some mindfulness meditation and sleep hygiene techniques. So part of the program is actually having that live support. So you can reach out at seven in the morning or 10 PM at night virtually to get that trained live support staff who's helping you through your routine. And another aspect of our programming, which of course is the cognitive remediation skill building, and we do do the brain enhancing recovery system, is that cueing and prompting and assistance to carry out the program within whatever time frame that works for the client, because of course everyone's schedule is different. So that's another piece about our company is that it's highly individualized to the person So that we're able to accommodate your schedule, your routine, like there's family life, there's other therapies so that we can sort of 
We're looking at skill building, which is a brain enhancement recovery. And then we're looking at all of the other therapy recommendations and implementing everything in sort of a cohesive unit. That's a, that's amazing. And that's, that's meeting a huge unmet need. Like that, that unmet need is enormous right now. Really exciting because mm-hmm. it's number one cost effective. And that's one of the biggest barriers of course, in rehab is access to high quality services at a, at a reasonable cost. And then also accessing services when you need it because, a, you know, an injury disability affects your whole life. So it's sometimes difficult to predict exactly when you're going to need assistance and having that access to support 24 seven is a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's massive. Well, I mean, I commend, you know, Jennifer and the whole team for taking action on this because it's so needed. And it's going to be wonderful for us to to watch and, and be a part of, in a small part, watching the growth and helping those many of those therapists really experience even more joy in their work now by utilizing One Rehab to help keep that constant touch going and keep the care, the care going. Now, that's wonderful and that's super exciting. But what are some of the frustrations that you also have in this world of brain health? At a surface level, I'm sure everyone has already mentioned this, more clinical practice guidelines and randomized control trials. Wish they were easier to implement in rehab. There's obvious challenges there, but I would go, I'd flip the question and just describe something that I found to be so effective, which is, of course, access to mental health services simultaneously. But specifically, I found when I've partnered with, and again, as a practicing OT, I'm answering this questioning, this question as a practicing OT, but partnering with, you know, whether it's a social worker, psychotherapist, psychologist, when we've established a rehab goal, if we can really partner on that particular goal, and I call it like we're all paddling in the same direction, because oftentimes there's so many goals you do have to prioritize. So instead of everyone working in their silos, I found from an OT perspective, partnering with a mental health counselor and that we're simultaneously targeting a particular goal because we see people, obviously they're stressed, you know, needing to build coping skills. And sometimes it brings up trauma that if we can have a really great partnership, which involves like communication, prioritizing goals, then I've just seen massive gains when we're all, like I said, paddling in the same direction. My hope is that that will become more and more common because it's absolutely happening, but I wouldn't say it's the norm. Yeah. I love it. I think that that's a great message of hope there too. Yes, it's challenging. However, I think again, it comes back to a real theme here, properly coordinating care, properly setting the goals, and then passing the baton off to people that can execute on those tasks. Because that's a problem we see so much of some of the doctors, I one of them in, that I've, I've done a little bit of you know communication with over the years, he, his big frustration is I'm tired of, you know, I want to treat more people, less paper. And it's alluding to exactly what you're talking about here. It's assessment after assessment, after assessment, after assessment. And all of the resource, many of the resources are going to that assessment and less is going into the actual rehabilitation. Right. Exactly. There's often a ton of recommendations and then really what we need to focus on that real world practice and your daily habits and routines. So for some of us out there, many of us have probably read this book. It's a very logical book, but Atomic Habits by James Clear really talks about the process related to really the logic behind habit change, habit formation and change. 
And it can help us to reflect on some of the bad habits we have and why we have those habits. So I, I kind of brought that as a, as a maybe a, a good read to introduce you to exactly what Jill's talking about here today, because I think it's so incredibly relevant for all of us, right? And, and I think that like, I love that book. And also it links to an, another concept that we haven't touched on, but it is important is the development, like you said, of bad habits, cope, mm-hmm. like poor coping strategies. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you're not, if you're not implementing some of the recommendations, getting back to your daily activities and, and really implementing the rehab strategies, then you could just be developing poor coping strategies. And, and sometimes they take, they can take a long time to change if they're established. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, what is it? What was it? Six, six days, something like that in the, in the book. I, I'm sure it can be can be more or less depending on the particular habit. It's just, you know, you are what you repeatedly do, right? It takes a lot of practice. It sure does. It sure does. So for people that are listening here, then I give you the crystal ball. You know, if, if you had a hope for the future in the world of brain health, what might that be? And I think you've already alluded to it many times here, but just hit it out of the park for us. obviously the collaboration piece, I'm, you know, that's a, that's always been a huge part of my own practice. And then under one rehab is that we're here to collaborate. We're here to all work together. What do you need? We can help support you. And then secondly, I would say for the future, you know, the excitement of bringing tech into rehab, not that we're ever going to endorse getting rid of that human component. So the relationship piece so important in rehab, but the technology piece, you know, it allows the delivery of therapy to be more cost-effective and more readily accessible. And that sort of goes back to the, even the auto prompt system, which is allowing people to have low cost access to rehab supports 24 seven. So I think that's the exciting piece about the future is the incorporation of tech coupled mm-hmm. with that in-person traditional rehab. And then of course, that also links back to the, the brain enhancement recovery system. So incorporating that, the tech piece, the software and, and embedding it into rehab and embedding it into your daily routine and functional activities. Beautiful. So well said, I'm with you on that. And you already knew that. I think that's so exciting. And I really commend your team at One Rehab for taking action on this and and developing something that's just so incredibly logical and useful (laughs) and identifying that that challenge that's that's out there in the space and then creating technology that helps to really meet that need. So wonderful, wonderful job. Now, for people that are out there, they're listening, you know, one last question I wouldn't mind asking before that one. Are there any big influences or people that have really helped to influence your lens, your perspective? These could be family, friends, mentors, in some cases, a book, are there one kind of little, is there a tidbit you want to share with the audience that you think might be useful? The first person that comes to mind is actually a client. And I mean, I'll, I'll disguise some of the, the details, of course. of course, but just the, you know, perseverance and willingness to try, and then just to sort of get back up and keep trying one client in particular, we worked together for, for years and just her willingness to try, to try everything out. And she's done her own. That's the point of rehab. I often would say like, I'm in the sidecar, sort of you're, you're in the driver's seat and I'm here to support you. And sort of, she's directing her own rehab. And then, and then the whole team is, is supporting her, but sort of watching, being a part of her journey has been impactful. I love it. That's so great. 
that's what it's all about. So for people that are listening here, then they're saying, okay, I need to learn about this one rehab program. <laughs> I need I need to understand how to get access to this. How do people find your, your services? How do they get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? How do they go about doing that? So visit our website, onerehab.ca. And I would love it if you could reach out personally, jill at onerehab.ca. And, you know, it, it'd be great to have a chat about some of our services, how we can help, and even just discussing some of the, if you're having any difficulties and, and the problem solving piece. So jill at onerehab.ca. Wonderful. Well, I mean, I commend you for your work. And again, like with it, so many of our guests, true leaders in this field of, of brain health and bringing the kind of support services and options that are needed to help people get back to that meaningful activity. Again, occupational therapy is so incredibly relevant, especially it always has been, but even more so coming out of a pandemic. People want to get back to meaningful activity and occupational therapy is such a wonderful way to do so. And Jill and her team are finding really creative ways to support the rehabilitation therapists out there to help them execute on the plans for their patients. So I encourage everybody to check them out. Jill, thanks again for doing what you do. Please, please, all of the links will be in the show notes. They'll be clickable so you can just find her easily. And uh, I encourage you to do so. So thanks again, Jill. And we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the Bears platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. Uh, training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neural rehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.